Oh, what a good God we serve. Hallelujah. We have designated today as just a special day of thanksgiving to thank the Lord for His mighty hand of protection. What a good God we serve. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. We had so many uh, people that were warning us and so many people that were uh, concerned about us and so many friends and family and ministers and churches and all kinds of contacts that we had with people because it looked like this was going to be a category four storm that was going to blow in and hit right here in Palm Bay and right before it got here it wobbled. <laughs> Praise God! We know that wasn't by accident. Amen. God is good. Hallelujah. I heard one, uh, I heard one new newscaster on Channel 9 say, the now famous wobble to the east. It's now famous because it was on a track and then they said that... Uh, Right before it got to Palm Bay, it wobbled to the east. Amen. We never even lost power at the church. Amen. Hallelujah. What a good God we serve. And in addition to what could have possibly been catastrophic, uh, you know, loss of life, um, loss of property. Most of you have uh, hurricane named hurricane deductions on your homeowner's insurance which is somewhere along the percentage of the value of your home somewhere between three to five to seven percent which basically means that you would have had to spend somewhere between five and ten thousand dollars before you could have ever got into insurance money and God spared us of all of that amen so when uh, Bishop Myers said Pastor, we need to do something for Haiti because they've had, they think now over 900 people that have lost their lives. Uh, we immediately got in contact with the different organizations that we work with, um, Compassion Services International, Reach Out America, and Hands for Healing, and we have a team that's going down there on Tuesday. And I was thinking the best insurance policy you can have is to help other people. You can give $50 or $100 to Haiti that's the best insurance policy you can have because I believe that if we continue to help other people, that's why God hears our prayers and spared us a lot of destruction right here because this is a giving church that helps other people. And even the people in the news department was saying it wobbled just before it hit Palm Bay. God is good. We celebrate his power. Amen. So I encourage you, perhaps you weren't ready for it, but I encourage you to donate $50 or 100 bucks to Haiti, and uh, you can do it through online giving, fpcpombay.com. There's a special place there that just says Haiti Relief, and that's a part of the way that we worship. We worship by our giving. You can give in the kiosk out before. You can do it with your credit card, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever you think, or I uh, know you guys have already received an offering here this morning while we were finishing up our serve class over in the Life Center. But any of these ways that you can do, I'm telling you right now, 
this is the best insurance policy you can have. God will protect you and keep you. Let's give the Lord another big hand clap. What a great God we serve. Amen. I turn your attention to the book of Matthew chapter 8 and verse 23. We want to start reading in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 23. And we are excited today to have our Beachside campus with us. They are still without power this morning over on the Beachside campus. Uh, but as far as we know, they haven't had any flooding and everything is uh, good there. They're just waiting on uh, all the different um, power companies that are coming in from out of state to help them uh, to restore power as quickly and as safely as possible. Amen. But the great thing about multiple campuses, amen, is that we can still come together and have church today. Amen. Our good friends in uh, Jacksonville, Church of Pentecost, Pastor and Sister Olson, I talked with them last night and uh, they got their power restored uh, late last night as well. So they're going to be in service today. We're going to have a service this morning and tonight. Amen. And we're going to just keep lifting up the Lord in this community. Amen. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 23. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep, referring to the Lord. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful? O ye of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And, or rather, but the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? I want to speak this morning on this subject, the manner of the master. The manner of of the master would you lift your hands and would you lift your voices lord we are so thankful to be in your house we've come today lord to say thanks thanks for all that you do for us on a daily basis lord you protect us in ways that we don't even know but today lord we celebrate an obvious way that you protected us not just what is obvious to us not just what is obvious to other believers but what is obvious for all the world to see that you are the mighty god that you sit upon the circle of the earth that heaven is your throne and earth is your footstool. And your prophet Isaiah saith that you ride on a swift cloud, Lord. And we feel your power and your presence here today. And we say thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. You may be seated. Thank you for standing and thank you for being here this morning. What a beautiful uh, congregation of people are here. And uh, we're excited that you're here with us today. It seems interesting that they had given... Uh, the name of this hurricane, the name Matthew. That just was another part of all the irony of this situation. Because Matthew is the name of the disciple that records the, the Lord calming the wind and the seas. The Matthew that we read about in the scripture is often referred to as Matthew the evangelist or Matthew the apostle. They even referred to him historically uh, as Matthew the Evangelist. But that's not how Matthew started out, referring now to Matthew the disciple that we read about in the Bible. Before Matthew came to the Lord, he was a tax collector. He collected taxes in the city of Capernaum. The Bible says he sat at the receipt of custom. 
The Romans would hire these publicans to sit in the gate and to receive taxes from the Jews as they came and they went from their home city. These publicans were people that were hired by the Roman government. Now you have to remember that the Romans were occupational forces that had occupied this Jewish territory and they were there because of their might and the strength of their army. But every day that the Jews saw the Romans, they hated them. They especially hated when their fellow brothers and sisters, Jews, were now working for the Romans and they were working for the Romans in the capacity of collecting taxes from the Jews that obviously the Jews felt were unwarranted. And so now their own brothers and sisters, uh, as it were, as they were also Jewish, they were working for the Roman government, the enemy, and they were collecting taxes from their own people. They were called publicans. And so they would see them every day. And these were not people that were liked by the Jews. They made good livings because the Roman government provided them with uh, a considerable amount of money because of their position as publicans or tax collectors. When the Romans would hire these individuals, they would then sit there and they would have to be the enforcers. And they would say, you know, we you owe taxes, you know, Joe or, or Abraham or whatever their names were. You know, you, we still, you know, you got to pay this. And we, okay, I will this week and next week and da-da-da. And they, they were hated by the, the Jewish leaders. And they were viewed as collaborating with these Roman occupational forces. In fact, often in the scripture, you'll see that publicans are mentioned in the same uh, wording as sinners. It'll say publicans and sinners. They were just sort of grouped together. But Matthew was one of those individuals, but his city of responsibility was Capernaum. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you know your Gospels, you know that a lot of miracles took place in Capernaum. In fact, when we went to Capernaum, which is a great little city, they still have a lot of the ruins from the buildings and, and whatnot, right on the Sea of Galilee. And it literally means, I didn't know this until we actually went there, it means literally Capernaum, city of Nahum of Nahum the prophet that we read about in the Old Testament. In fact, Nahum was actually, there's a book in the Old Testament that's named after Nahum. He was one of the prophets. And so this was his village or his city. And, and Capernaum was just one of those cities where Jesus was able to do a lot of miracles. Many of the miracles that are very common uh, that you hear uh, taught and preached in, in Christian churches all over the world, are, they happened right there in Capernaum. So Matthew is sitting at this receipt of the custom. He is this publican. He is this tax collector. And he is seeing all of these miracles happening all around him. And no doubt he had to start wondering about Jesus. And Jesus would come by him and look at him. And I can just see the Lord smiling. And Matthew would look at him and then look back and get real busy with his numbers, you know, and his, his calculator or his agabus or whatever they used, you know, to count in those days and sliding this and that back and forth. And this is what's owed now. This is what you're responsible for. But one day Jesus came by, Matthew, and he just called him. You know what's awesome about the Lord is he knows what's going on in your heart. Other people go by, there's Matthew, there's the publican, there's the tax collector, there's the guy that reminds us every day that the Romans are here and that we owe the Romans taxes and this is a, a hardship on all of us. He was the reminder, he was the face of that whole tax collecting nonsense, as it were, in the Jewish eyes. But when Jesus came by, he didn't see that. He saw his heart. All those miracles must have wore away at Matthew's you know, austere exterior that he had to keep up being a publican and a tax collector. But Jesus saw his heart and he just called him. 
Matthew, come and follow me. And the Bible says that Matthew got up from his table and followed Jesus. And that day invited the Lord and his disciples to come to his house for dinner. Now you have to say one thing about these publicans and tax collectors, and that is they had Jesus over for dinner a lot. We just talked a few weeks ago about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was another one of those publicans and tax collectors. He wasn't in Capernaum, but he was a publican and tax collector, and they had dinner in his house as well. So here comes Jesus and his disciples. They're going to Matthew's house, a publican tax collector, and the Bible says there were many other publicans there. I mean, Matthew knew a whole bunch of other tax collectors. They didn't have many friends, so they all had to stick together. And when they found out that Jesus and all the disciples were coming, all of these publicans showed up, and they all went there, and Jesus wasn't in there. Jesus let it be known he was going to Matthew's house. <laughs> I love how the Lord works. That's why I'm so excited about the different ministries that we have at First Pentecostal Church. We were talking this morning in our serve class about our prison ministry. Just a couple of weeks ago, they went over to the prison in Orlando, had 88 inmates in service. Oh, hallelujah. Number of them got the Holy Ghost. Sister Passion, Brother Jones, and their team that go into our prison ministry. We've got about 10 or 12 folks that are involved in that prison ministry on a, on a monthly basis, and they go there. And you know what's so awesome? Is that God is not limited to just pouring out His Spirit in a church building. God can meet you in the midst of your crisis. It doesn't matter if you're in jail. It doesn't matter if you're in a drug rehab center. It doesn't matter if you're living under the Melbourne Causeway in a cardboard box. If you've got a heart and a desire to know God, He will come to where you are. Oh, I love that about my Lord. That's the kind of God we serve. Boy, I tell you what, Mark, he records that Matthew invites Jesus and his followers, and boy, how everybody was getting upset about it. I mean, all these Jewish leaders and the scribes, they were all upset about why would the Lord go to this house, and they challenged him on that. But I'm going to tell you what, that's the way the Lord is. All you've got to do is give the Lord just a small opening, and he'll come right up in your house, right up in your heart. And I'm going to tell you something else I love about God. If you don't want God, he doesn't force himself on you. That's right. I believe that. And that's why as Christians, we're the same way. We're not going to force you to come to know God today. We're going to give you an invitation to come forward. But we don't have no ushers guarding the doors. If you get under conviction of the Holy Ghost and scream at the top of your lungs and run out the back door, we'll say, God bless you. Be safe. Because this serving God is not obligatory. If you want to know God, God's here for you. If you don't, he doesn't force himself on you. If you say, I'm going to live my life without God, I'm going to do my own thing. I don't want no preacher bothering me. I don't want no saint of God bothering me. I don't want Jesus up in my house, up in my business, up in my family. God bless you. Do it on your own. Good luck. Jesus, don't mess with you. But if you want to know God, it doesn't matter what your situation is. It doesn't matter if you've got a busted house, if your marriage is on the rocks, if your kids are drug addicts. If you want to know God, he'll find you where you are. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Jesus. You just got to invite the Lord in. And that's what Matthew did. Lord, you want to come? It doesn't have to be a big show. Just 
All you got to do is just in, this morning say, Lord, I want you to come into my heart. And the Lord will come. He's not a no-show. He's an on-time help in a time of need. But this is what I want to talk to you about today. God changes Matthew from a tax collector to an evangelist. Tax collector takes, but an evangelist is one who shares the good news. He changed the nature of Matthew from being a taker and made him a giver. He went from taking from the Jewish people to being a giver and saying, I want to tell you about who Jesus is. Matthew records the question that they had in their minds as Jesus speaks to the waves and the wind and says, peace be still. And the Sea of Galilee is suddenly calm and the wind is suddenly quiet. And then they ask this question, what manner of man is this? Oh, I'm so glad they asked that question. I believe the scripture makes it clear over and over that the matter of the master is that he can change your nature. That's the matter of the master. You can say, well, my daddy was an alcoholic and my granddaddy was an alcoholic and I'm always going to be an alcoholic. That's until you meet the master. He can change the nature. You don't have to have the identity as an alcoholic. You don't have to have the identity of being a sinner. You can be a new creature in Christ Jesus because the manner of the master is that he changes the nature of creation. Over and over again, you see that. He changes the nature. In this context, he changed the nature of nature. That was so profound, it left you all speechless. <laughs> he changed the nature of nature. A sea that was roaring and raging. Wind that was howling and blowing. This kind of an atmosphere strikes fear in the heart of every person. Did you see, even around here this week, how quickly... Mass panic sets in. Tuesday uh, morning when they started projecting this hurricane, Matthew, that was on this path toward Palm Bay. I just went because I was out of gas to the gas station down here, Cumberland Farms, and said, you know, I'm going to get some gas because I'm running on empty. Boy, when I saw people, when people get panicked, they start driving panically too. They were whipping in there, pulling out gas cans in the back of there, filling. I called my wife. I said, you better go and fill up your car because people are already making a run on gasoline. Gasoline's always the first thing that, that we run out of when there's hurricane fear. And so everybody makes a run on gasoline. I mean, by Tuesday afternoon, everybody was out of gasoline. The people got to go fill up. I got to get gas. 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 And got to get in here. Everybody's going and getting gasoline. Boy, people make a run. And the next thing they make a run on is lumber. How many of you had a hard time finding any plywood down at Home Depot? I mean, the next thing that goes is plywood. You can't find any plywood. I mean, by Tuesday, they're out of gas, and then plywood disappears, and that's just the beginning. 
people start getting crazier and the crazier. Now let me tell you why people get crazy. Because no one can stand up to a storm. I don't care if you're the mayor of the city. I don't care if you got a doctor degree. I don't care if you got a billion dollars in the bank. When the storm comes, it affects everybody. Let me tell you why. It has got a nature to destroy. You say, well, it ain't coming over here. I got my house. If it's strong enough, it'll send your house down the road. And whatever's inside your house. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, this, it, it's common to all people. And this is, it's so unique to see, you know, the sociology of how and the psychology of how we all react. But the thing that causes us all to react that way is because nobody can deny the power of a Category 4 or 5 storm. Nobody can deny it. This thing has great power. Now here's the disciples. They're in the boat and Jesus is on the boat. But they were human beings and they had a human nature. And the wind and the waves and everything's kicking up and they're like, Jesus is sleeping on the bottom of the boat. He's not even bothered by all this. These guys were fishermen. They knew when there was a problem on the Sea of Galilee. This is what they did. This is how they made their living. And they're worried. And Jesus is not worried. <laughs> He's asleep. And they said, do you care not whether we perish? Don't you care that we perish? I was flying one time down the Amazon with Brother Benny DeMerchant, who's got over 10,000 hours in the little Cessna 172s over that jungle. Some of our men went down there in January and put a church on their central they uh, put a roof on their central church in Manaus, and then he took them all peacock bass fishing down the Cessnas down on the Amazon River. Boy, he can fly. I mean, that guy, he can, he's been doing it for almost 50 years down there, flying up down that Amazon. They built over 1,000 churches all up down the Amazon. You pull up to a little old village, and 100 people run down out of the, out of the jungle. They run right down there to the beach, and a little plane comes up, and then you walk a little bit, and then... Then you start to see where people live, and then boom, there's a stick church, a big church right there sitting up on sticks. I mean, all up down that Amazon. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. But Brother DeMerchant, he likes to fly with me because I got my private pilot's license, so we'll fly together, and he can sleep, and we fly long places, and he just goes to sleep, you know, and I'm flying along, but I'm only what they call VFR, which is visual flight rule rated, which means I can only fly if I can see out the windshield. And so we'll fly, you know, and man, we'll get in storms. And I'll look over there, and Brother DeMerchant's asleep. And I feel like the disciples, cares not that we perish? Because I'm in a big cloud. I can't see out the window. And the plane's getting lifted up with these heat thermals. And then they go, and then the plane drops. And I'm flying. I look over at Brother DeMerchant like, you know, we're in a storm. And he's sitting over there like, yeah, you're getting them heat thermals, they'll pick you up, drop you down, just keep them wings level here in the line. I'm sitting over here like a big alligator, got my eyes half closed. I can bring the action if you need me. And I'm like, okay, Brother Demerchant. I'm like, I can't see. There's a big cloud. I'm in the fog. I'm in the soup. Yeah, yeah, keep them hanging low and keep heading on that GPS direction. <laughs> I know how these disciples felt. He's asleep in the bottom of the boat. You know why Jesus was asleep and the disciples were nervous? Disciples were nervous because they're human beings and they knew the storm's got more power than they have. Jesus is not worried because he knows he's God manifest in the flesh. He's got greater authority and power than the storm does. 
Let me tell you something. If the Christians in America realized how much power they have, they would never live in fear. They would never worry again. If you really got a revelation that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You wouldn't worry about your school. You wouldn't worry about your job. You wouldn't worry about your boss. You wouldn't worry about your finances. He's got power within you over every circumstance. So because we deal with our nature, the frailty of our flesh, we still deal with fear. We still deal with concerns and worries. And we are logical enough as human beings to recognize that we should be prepared. And so we try to prepare. And we know that we're facing something that can be very dangerous. And it is because that we have this storm coming. And it has a nature to kill and to destroy. And everybody recognizes it. It doesn't matter if you're a believer or not a believer. In fact, I think they may have a, a video clip of this guy by the name of Shepard Smith that works for Fox News. Watch uh, if they can show this clip. Watch some of the things he was saying. It's, it's, it's been uh, the topic of a lot of conversation. You got any sound there on that? Daytona Beach, all the way to this, Melbourne, Daytona Beach, all the way up to Jacksonville. This moves 20 miles to the west, and you and everyone you know are dead. All of you. <laughs> because you can't survive it. It's not possible unless you're very, very lucky. And your kids die too. Yeah, thank you, Shepard. You die, and your kids die. I mean, I don't know Shepard Smith, but I would say that even a non-believer recognizes that this storm can kill you. Somebody said, well, yeah, he went overboard talking about you will die and your children will die. And maybe that was just hyperbole. Or maybe it wasn't. Because maybe this storm did have a nature to kill. Certainly you would have to say it killed 900 people, in, in uh, at least 900. There, there would probably be over 1,000, 1,500 by the time they pull all the rubble off. But I, came, I went down into Haiti just a few days after that earthquake happened here a few years ago. And, and, and I was coming up on places where there were still dead bodies and they were pulling them out as we came up one hospital that collapsed and of course their living conditions are much more fragile than here so the death uh, is toll it goes extremely high but they took a satellite picture do you have this they took a satellite picture of the hurricane as it was going over Port-au-Prince Haiti now as far as I know this is an undoctored photo but does that storm look like it's got the face of a killer that thing this was on this was on the uh, this was a satellite picture that came through the weather channel I mean that thing looks like a skull it's got an eyeball these islands down here look like teeth that thing looks like a killer doesn't it brother Scott maybe Shepard Smith wasn't wrong 
But it don't matter how evil the storm is. God has more power. Oh, my. That's the manner of the master. He can change the nature of any storm that's in your life. Oh, I feel like blessing the name of Jesus today. I feel like saying, thank you, Lord, that you changed my nature. You say, oh, not me, Pastor. I've always been a good person. I'm going to tell you something. Everybody's born in sin and shaped in iniquity. You had a nature to sin. You had a nature to be unfaithful to your wife. You had a nature to be a derelict dad. But God changed your nature and made you a good husband and a good father. Oh, I feel like preaching to somebody in this church. You ought to thank God. He has made you a new creature in Christ Jesus. So that's the nature of a storm. To kill and to destroy but Jesus changes the nature and instead of the waves and the wind talking about this storm now that we read about in Matthew instead of these these indicators of a deadly storm these symptoms as it were of a deadly storm the wind and the waves and all of these things that were indicators that the disciples' lives were in danger. Jesus wakes up and says, oh, you have little faith. He goes up there and says, peace be still. And just like a scolded puppy dog, the waves just go down and become a sheet of glass. And he speaks to the wind, and the wind stops howling and starts purring like a cat. And the very thing that the disciples, now watch this. The very thing that the disciples need to get to the other side is water that will cause their boat to float and a gentle breeze that will cause their sails to move. And that that was intended to destroy them now becomes their best friend and provides buoyancy and it provides a current of wind push them gently across the lake that that wanted to tip the boat over with the waves and the wind and destroy their lives in the sea of galilee now becomes a part of them sailing successfully across the sea of galilee ladies and gentlemen jesus can change the nature of something that is meant to destroy you and it can be something that ends up helping you he doesn't go to a neutral position it goes from being intended to destroy to now helping literally helping God can give you favor with people that had just been an irritant some boss that you had that seemed like they're on your case every day and you said I don't know what to do I'm doing the best job I can I, all I know to do is to pray. 
That ought to be our first resort, not our last resort. But we're dealing with human nature. I guess I'm going to pray. I can't do anything else. And you go to, you go to a job, and before long, they, your boss is saying, Yeah, you look great today. Boy, you did a good job today. I think you're ready for a raise. And you're looking at them like, are they setting me up for something? You keep waiting for the other boot to drop. <laughs> you go home and you say, man, you won't believe what happened today, honey. You know that boss gave me a heart? Yeah. Well, they tell me today I may get a raise. A what? A raise. Oh, I bet they're trying to fire you. They're getting you set up for something. Then you'll be over your pay rate. And then they'll be firing you and saying, we got to cut back. No, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But they're different. The next day, he coming and bringing you coffee. What happened to you? Nothing. No, no, no. Something happened to you. You say, Pastor, that would never happen. You don't know my God. I've seen it too many times. People that is your, just a thorn in your flesh will become your best friend. And you don't know what happened. Then you remember, I pray, God, you're going to have to work. I'm doing everything I know to do. And God can change their nature. That's the manner of the master. You know, Matthew was a tax collector. He was always taken. Then after he met Jesus and got saved, and now he becomes Matthew the evangelist. And he's now given good news. A storm that was coming our way that had a nature to destroy and kill, as we saw what it did in Haiti. But because I believe and you believe that God changed its course, we choose now to make Matthew the storm an evangelist. We make Matthew the storm an evangelist in Palm Bay. Though it had a nature to take, to kill, and to destroy. Now, because God, mighty hand of protection was upon us, and now the, na- the now famous wobble to the east. We choose today to make Matthew the evangelist. And let it proclaim the good news that our God is a mighty God. That our God is a peace speaker. That our God is a protector. And that our God can make a way where there seems to be no way. You say, Pastor, you've been studying the Bible too long. You're living in fantasy land. Am I really? I've seen it too many times, my friend. I was talking to Brother Jeff Arnold, who pastors up in Gainesville on Friday morning. He called to check on us. He said, man, I've been praying for you guys all night. I said, well, it worked. Because the thing wobbled off to the east and spared us. He said, that's the Lord. I said, you're right, Brother Arnold, it is. He started to tell me when he was a young evangelist. He said, I was preaching in Louisiana camp. And he said, there was a storm that was coming up into Tioga, where the campground is in Louisiana. He said, a big old hurricane was bearing down on us. And he said, it was the middle of Louisiana camp. And there was all kind of thousands of Pentecostals that were gathered together. And he said, you remember Brother T.W. Barnes? I said, I sure do, that old prophet from Minden, Louisiana. He said, yeah. He said, T.W. Barnes got up in the pulpit. He said, I was a young evangelist. I'd never seen this before. He got up in the pulpit and raised his hands, and he rebuked the storm and commanded the storm to turn around and said, you have no authority to come up in here while these Pentecostals are worshiping God. Now turn around and leave. And Brother Arnold said, you can feel the hair standing up on the back of your neck. But 30 minutes later, that storm turned around and went right back to the gulf and disappeared and disorganized he said I saw it I saw it 
You can say what you want, but I've got a God that if you will call on him, he will speak to the storm in your life and change its nature. I said he will change its nature. You want to know what manner of man is this that the seas obey his command? He's the God of nature changing. He can turn your sorrow into joy. He can turn your mourning into dancing. He can turn a disaster into a witness. He can turn a sinner into a saint. He can take a taker and make him a giver. He can turn a killer into a life giver. You know why? He's got dominion. He's got authority. And he's got power. Matthew also records in the 14th chapter, verse 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, the fourth watch, that's between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., when most people are asleep and vulnerable. But in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. <laughs> Did you get that? He goes walking on top of the sea. Isaiah 19.1 says, and he rides upon a swift cloud. That means that my God has dominion over everything that's got you troubled. He's on top of it. I mean, when they, when they crucified Jesus and put him in a tomb and put that big old rock on top of it and sealed it and put a Roman guard, it's finished, it's over. But when they come up on the tomb, guess what? The rock had been rolled away. Jesus was not in the tomb. But they sat on top of the rock. That thing that looked like it was going to seal the power of God so that it could be of no effect anymore. The angel was sitting on top of the rock, on top of the cover of that tomb. And when they came there, they said, tell them, Jesus is risen. <laughs> this big old tomb has provided nothing more but a place for me to sit and rest and wait on you fellas to show up. Everything you worried about, God sitting on top of it. The Bible said he sits on the circle of the earth. Heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. The very thing that's got you worried, God's already got his foot on top of it. That's why I say we ought to rejoice today. That's why I say we ought to bless the Lord, oh my soul. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. He's on top of your biggest problem. I feel like speaking the voice of faith here today. If you're facing sickness right now, I want you to step out of where you're standing and come down to this altar. We're going to pray the prayer of faith. I don't care if you're facing cancer. I don't care what sickness... The Bible said, whose report shall ye believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. I want you to come. If you're hurting in your body right now, but you believe greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, I want you to come down to this altar right now and lift your hands. If you say, Pastor, I'm not hurting in my body, 
but I need help in another situation that maybe nobody knows about. Maybe it's on your job. Maybe it's in your home. Maybe it's in your finances. But you believe greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I want you to step out of where you are. I want you to make your way down to the front. I want you to lift up your hands. And I want you to begin to believe that the master is going to change the nature of your greatest adversary. I want to lift I want you to lift up your hands a few more people are coming I want you to lift up your hands we're going to pray the prayer of faith right now oh I feel the Holy Ghost in this house you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost you're going to receive it right now You'll begin to speak out words you don't understand. Are you ready? We're going to pray the prayer of faith, and when we do, I want you to begin to say, I receive my miracle. I receive my miracle. Get ready for it. Lift up your hands right now. Now by the authority of the name of Jesus, and by the anointing of the Holy Ghost and by the power of the Word of God I receive my miracle I receive my healing lift up your hands and receive it right now in the name of Jesus the mountains shake before you the demons run and Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Run and flee at the men. 